You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 045. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 45. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Joy Junkie Show. Amy Smith here. So excited to have you. And if you've been hanging out with us on the show for a long enough time, you know that I'm typically accompanied by my incredible soulmate, but he has been taking a few months off. So over the past couple of months, I've had this incredible opportunity to have a whole uh, arsenal of guest hosts that I've been affectionately calling my guesties. So today I have a really exciting guestie who I seriously just met 10 minutes ago. But she's in the soul tribe, man. I I dig her the most. And um, we've seen each other through the interwebs. It's kind of an incestuous career we have. (laughs) We kind of know each other from our online personas oftentimes. So uh, we have a really cool love topic for you guys. And, And again, if you're new to the show, typically we'll vacillate between either relationship and love based topics or life topics. So today we're we're going to talk about how the hell to know when to let go of a failed relationship or when it's time to move on. What are the signs? What do you need to look for? And then how the hell do you actually do it? So, let me tell you a little bit about this badass who's here with me today. Her name is Sally Hope. Welcome, Sally. Hey, thank you so so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today with you guys. Yay, we're going to have so much fun. Yay. So let me tell you about her. She is a former touring musician, an RV traveler, a current renegade life coach and leader of the Wild Heart Revolution, where she will teach you how to carpe the hell out of your DM. My biggest goal in life is to create, or her biggest goal in life is to create the kind of community that will give you all the tools that you need to live the life you've put, you've been put on this planet to live. And that is truly what the Wild Heart Revolution is all about. And you can stalk her immediately at wildheartrevolution.com. You can also find her on Facebook. And her URL at Facebook is Sally Hope Says. And uh, a couple fun facts. She's a pun addict. She's an olive lover. She's obsessed with motorcycle and cowboy boots, and you'll never find her without a French manicure. Hey, I love it. So let me let me ask you this: Do you? Okay, I'm going to try really hard not to judge, depending on your answer. But <laughs> do you have like square artificial nails with a French manicure, or do you have like? No way. Oh, thank no God. No way. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I use my own nails, of course. I just it's I'm not like super duper girly in a lot of those ways, like, you know, maintenance and stuff like that. But my nails has been one thing ever since I was, you know, 10 that I always have like wanted beautiful nails, even when I'm RVing, even when I'm riding my motorcycle, even when I'm doing, you know, shooting skeet, um, my nails are super important to me. So, and also being authentic. So they're my nails and they just happen to be painted with a Frenchie most of the time. Got it. Got it. I because that was the first thing I read, or the first thing I thought when I read. I was like, Jesus Christ! I hope they're not those like square. <laughs> and and I think you and I may be the same age. I'm thirty. Were you born in seventy nine? I was. Yeah. Uh, me too. Okay. 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 Because <laughs> I noticed from your Skype address, and um, so for me, I go, oh shit! Remember when everybody had like this square French manicure? Back in the day, it was like a big deal. And it's, I've I, never done it. I've never had acrylics ever. So, and I've never also fake tanned. I'm just kind of like a purist that way. I'm like, that's awesome. For me personally, it's not in my value set or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of coach, coach lingo, we were talking about uh, prior to jumping on the call, we were talking about some of the coach lingo that we say. And, and it's funny that even if you're, 
you know, motorcycle riding and I'm always talking about whiskey and like, and you kind of have these crass pieces of your character, which I think are incredible. We, you can't take the coach out of the girl, man. Like you still say shit like, I'm going to call you forth and, (laughs) (laughs) and And I like. I can't my, be with that right now. and Yeah. Well, that's what I, that's actually what I love about you and your brand too is, is I love it when people are surprising. When you can have both sides, it's the dichotomies of, the, of human nature, right? Yeah. We're essentially like both ends of the spectrum. Um, you know, the whiskey drinking, you know, skeet shooting, yep. you know, whatever, French manicure wearing, woo-woo. <laughs> You know, using the language of coaching as well as having these other sides of ourselves that don't typically seem to go together, but who cares? Like they do for us because that's who we are. Exactly. And I always felt like I don't, my God, like if I'm going to create my own business and really design a life on my terms, which I know is a lot what Wild Heart Revolution's about, um, I, I, of course, what I'm attached to is the idea that I don't have to look, quote, professional or buttoned up or acquiesce to a specific, like, stoic, you know, uh, description of what what it, it means to be this profession. Like, I'm going to pick a profession where, and in fact, I tell people this all the time, I'm in the business of being my authentic self. So my authentic self, another term, um, happens to have a sailor mouth, happens to be extremely high maintenance and girly, happens to do a lot of theater where I get naked and have like do fun, you know, like I'm not the cookie cutter and I think it's so important and I'm sure that's why you have the clients you you have as well because people gravitate towards who sounds like them, who vibes at their frequency, you know? Yeah, or who they wish they could be for themselves. I find that a lot too. It's like, oh my gosh, you're giving me permission to be my own version because I see you doing that for you. Yeah, I know. Um, And I find it quite the opposite of what the core message behind coaching is, which is truly that we have all of our own answers internally and that we are resourceful and whole and creative and we can reference these things and tap into our own power and create the life that we want. So why would we say, yeah, do that as long as you look like this mold, as long as you can fit into this, you know, idea. So I feel like just through who we are in our in our professional world, it's, it's imperative to be who you are. And that, and I'm proud of that. Like, I'm really proud that people who meet me as a colleague are the, they know the same Amy that the people who meet me as, you know, in community theater, as my friends, as, you know, whoever, because isn't that what we want? Isn't that, don't we want to be just who we are and be proud of it? Well, that's what I want. (laughs) You know, and, I can't speak for everyone, but the people that are usually um, attracted to Wild Heart or attracted to me, or and I'm sure you too, do want that as well. And by 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 being that, it gives them permission. So I think it's awesome. I love getting to know you and your brand and your business and everything. So I'm like, hell yeah, this girl is doing it the way she wants to do it, and I have a ton of respect for that. And it, with the side of, okay, so I'm not, I don't want to skip over that. Thank you so much. I'm going <laughs> to drink that in. Um, but I think uh, what's also kind of a side effect that's so amazing is when you're that in alignment with who you want to be, your tribe just like gravitates to you. And the people who it's not for them, it's really clear. They're like, you are not for me. I can't be around. It's too brazen. It's too bold. It's too whatever. Perfect. Because you're probably not the client for me either or the listener even or whatever. So it works out really perfectly because then the opposite of that is the people who are who are attracted to you are diehards and they're like fans for life. And that's awesome because that's your people. Yeah. You know, so it get, is. Get it is awesome. So, okay. So let's talk about relationship stuff and this is something I see frequently and so I've got some of my own thoughts on it but I would really love to hear what you have to say about it maybe some of the things that you see with with your tribe of people what are some super common ways that people tend to hang on to relationships well past the expiration date and maybe some of the consequences or the patterns you see 
Yeah. So I think this is a really, really great topic because I think, <laughs> I don't know, this is kind of bold to say, but I think at almost any time of our lives, we're hanging on to some kind of relationship that doesn't serve us. Yes. So whether that be a boss, um, you know, sometimes even family, which is a really complicated one, Yep. Uh, a partner, um, friends, Mm-hmm. colleagues, you know, whatever it is, there there tends to be at least somebody in our lives where we get the feeling somewhere in our gut or our hearts or something where we don't feel like it's quite the right fit. It doesn't feel good. Um, what I find ha- that the pattern tends to be is that we get this feeling and then it takes us forever to actually do mm-hmm. something about it. We agonize about it. It's in our head. We think about it. We try to play out different scenarios in our minds. We imagine what it'd be like to end it and we feel pain. So we don't. And then we're like, well, I haven't tried everything yet. So I'm going to, you know, I need to try everything before I do a million ways. We, we hang on to it. Um, and I think that that's because we're afraid. And I think the fear oftentimes stems from the unknown. I don't know what's going to happen if I let this go for a romantic partner, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, it might look something like, you know, um, what if I don't ever find anybody again? I'm X, Y, Z age. That's too old to start over. Um, I don't, uh, how, what are we going to do about the kids, dog, house, car, etc.? Yes. Um, yeah, it's the details. And it's also, I think the fear of being alone. And so we hang on to something that doesn't feel right, but yet we're not happy there. So it's this really funky cycle that happens. Oh, um, yeah. That thing just happened where, like, you said all the things that I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. I love that. Um, yeah. And, you know, one thing I find, actually, there's – I came up with this theory like a few years ago coaching because to be honest, guys, like coaching, I find the topics are very similar. People are either coaching about love or career and money yep, um, or some version of fulfillment, which usually goes into career and money. Uh, and the, this common thing word came up when I was coaching and it was, I'm confused. Hmm. I'm confused. I don't know what to do. You know, I don't know if I should stay with my partner, you know, that, you know, classic song, should I stay or should I go? Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. I'm so confused. And and I think actually I have a theory about that word and I don't believe that that word actually exists. Mm-hmm. I don't think what we feel in those moments is confusion. Mm-hmm. Rather, I think what we feel in those moments is pain and it comes through confusion because it's an easier word to deal with. But what I think happens is that we actually know People tend to know deep down. That's why they question it. That's why they're like, Ugh, something isn't right here. It might not make sense. This guy or girl is perfect on paper. Everything lines up except I don't feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they can't explain that, that feeling of like, it's just not right. It doesn't make sense, but it's not right. Um, and because that, that feeling is so hard to deal with because it sends you into, well, that means I'm going to have to leave, which means I'm going to have to be in pain, which means I'm going to have to cause pain and enter a world of unknown. The word we fall back on is I'm confused. I don't know what to do, but it's like, you do know what to do. It's just that it's a hard reality. So it's much easier for people to sit in confusion for years. I'm confused. I'm confused, but I don't actually believe that it is confusion at all. I believe it's just courage. Wow. That I love that um, summation of that. That's great because I would agree with you too. I hear that a lot and it comes out like, I don't know what to do. I just don't know. Which when you sit in that, it's like a vortex and you're right. You can just spin and stay in that place. But I really think something that you're pointing to when, when when you say we know, like what we really know, that's your intuition. But we get in such a habit of overriding our intuition, what we feel, our gut, with our mind. So kind of what you were saying with there's something you feel viscerally. You're saying 
this doesn't feel right. I know when people talk about their soulmate, that is not what's happening here. Like you have this internal knowing. That's your intuition. It's the same way when you're like, it's it's a red flag or it's an alarm going, uh, maybe this isn't the right job for you. Maybe this isn't the right friendship for you. Our body tells us through our emotion, but we have habituated a way of overriding that and listening to our head. And then we start to dissect it. Like you said, this stuff on paper. Okay, well, we, well, we've got the kids together. Well, we've got the house. Well, we've got this. And well, it makes sense. We've been together so long, we should get married. And you start doing all the cognitive things that really don't have anything to do with how it feels. And and therefore, really, your your happiness. And one parallel I make all the time is... We listen to our bodies in only select instances. Like if you, like let's say you eat some some takeout, you eat some Chinese takeout and like you start feeling sick and you start throwing up, right? Your body is like, nope, this doesn't work with you. It's telling you, it's giving you a signal and you start puking. Like you listen to it. Nobody goes back and tries to keep eating the food, right? Nobody does that. They go, my body said this didn't work. <laughs> You don't keep eating the food until you can stomach it, till you like can deal with that pain. No, you just go, okay, this didn't work for my body. I'm going to listen to that and follow suit with my behavior. But we don't do that when our intuition tells us. I love, oh my gosh, this, sorry to cut you off here, but there's something so powerful in what you just said. Because what I find is that uh, when when we are in this rigmarole of our minds trying to talk our bodies out of something in love, mm-hmm. um, we say, there must be something wrong with me. Or maybe I need to work on it. Maybe I'm just being crazy. Maybe I this is my pattern and I'm doing it again. But with the analogy of food, you know, when you throw up and get sick from, you know, lentils, which I do, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't say exactly what you said. I don't say, you know, maybe this is my issue. Maybe I need, maybe I need, maybe the lentils are trying to teach me something. Maybe this is my lesson in life is, you know, to figure out how to not throw up on lentils. It's like, no, lentils don't do well for my body. No more lentils for me. Or we Um, go, ooh, maybe if I mix, maybe if I talk to the lentils in a different way, (laughs) maybe, maybe if I mix the lentils with this other awesome dish, then it'll work. Maybe, maybe if, if I have... take the lentils to counseling, then we maybe can come we to an agreement some... on how it works. <laughs> baby lentils. If we have baby lentils, then everything – then all of a sudden I'll be able to stomach it. Like, no. If we look at the physiological nature of our bodies, it tells us stuff. Like when – there's a reason why if you stress yourself out like crazy, you get sick. Your body's like, nope, you can't behave like that. You can't overload yourself like that. I'm going to do this. You know, like we do, but we, when it comes to intuition through a lot of reasons, like through, you know, uh, how we're brought up or any number of reasons, we, we learn to override it and just not listen and try to do our mind instead. So I, I love that, that you brought that up because it's, it is really one of those things that we're, I believe we're given by nature that if we would just listen, it would it would really guide us. And in fact, I don't know if you hear this a lot, but I do hear a lot of people who after the relationship is terminated, whether it's a divorce or just a breakup or friendships or jobs or anything, where people will say, I knew it. I knew from the beginning that it wasn't right. Well, we do. You know, it's so funny. And we always know. I remember my last breakup that was you know, really traumatizing and sad and hard. And it was the kids, the dog, the house. What am I going to do? I'm 30, you know, blah, blah. It was all of that. Um, I remember writing in my journal the first time we hung out saying, this is never going to work. I am so lonely right now. Oh my. <laughs> Three and a half years later, right? Three and a half years later, we broke up for the same feeling. I'm so lonely. This- this is never going to work. You know, we know, we yeah. know. We do. And it's like, it's like, it's a funny thing because, you know, and this is actually, this is kind of on a tangent, but it's related in that I find that the more spiritual the person is, like the more, mm-hmm. 
you know, self-aware, we have different language for our craziness around this. So like the more spiritual person will be, I really feel like there's something for me to learn here. (laughs) It's so noble. That's their version of this is not where that's the, it's so noble. It's like, yeah, you know, there's something in me, but I really feel like it's a lesson and it's not, you know, and I, the way I want to say, what I want to say to people like that is, yeah, the lesson is to get the fuck out now, yes. you know, yes. <laughs> the lesson is stop it now, you know, but, the, <laughs> but the thing is, is we, we all like to feel good about the fact we're not going to change behavior that we know we should change because it's scary to change it. Yeah. And so we'll come up with a million excuses. I'm confused. There's something for me to learn. Maybe I just haven't tried hard enough yet. Maybe it's me. Maybe I need to work through my stuff. You or know? how about so, I'm being too picky? I'm too picky. Like, oh really, my God. You want to guilt yourself into not having your desires. <laughs> and it's what? It's not your life or something that you don't get to be picky. It's like you, same with food, right? Like, yes. I, you know, like I'm, I don't like lentils. I can be picky about that because lentils make me throw up. You know, it's not that you're too picky about your food. It's that you know what you want makes your body feel good. And you're going to go for that instead of eating lentils. That's going to send you to the bathroom for six hours. Exactly. Oh my gosh. And here, here's something else that I see. Tell me if you see this where you know like let's say you you start dating somebody and it seems like this happens more often than not where at the very beginning like let's say it's an expanse of like 5 years for the first 6 months it was complete utopia it was beautiful it was romantic it was amazing it was as a soulmate connection and then through through turn of events or other life circumstances, it begins to fade away. And I have my own thoughts on what's happening there. But then you stick around way past the time when it's like, okay, let's call a spade a spade and move on. And what people will do for for any number of years is they will hold on to- So that six months. Yes, to, to potential, to- to uh, memories, to fantasy, think, yeah, to fantasy, to that brief moment of I know who you can be, and we <laughs> we skip over the fact that who they, you are. <laughs> they've chosen to be somebody different now. Like this is their choice. It's not I'm going to go back to being who you need. It's I am showing you right now what you've got. Like this is what you've signed up for. But, and, and I, especially women, like, it's like, oh no, if I can only muscle him back into being who he was at the very beginning. And that behavior may have been motivated from any number of things. Well, and there's the theory, I don't know if you've read the book called We. No. Um, yeah, it's basically what it does is it talks about relationship um, in relation to an old Greek uh, story. And the basic idea behind it is that we are drunk on love. And we are out of our heads. You know, it's that, um, it's called, uh, I can't remember the actual terms, but it's basically there's different types of love. The love where you're infatuated with the person when in the beginning it's like they can do no wrong. With my ex, the one, the three and a half year guy, I literally also wrote in my journal, there's not one thing Vaughn can do that can make me love him less. Like I can't imagine him not being the most perfect person ever. I mean, I literally wrote those words to the guy that, you know, Two months prior, I was like, this is never going to work. I'm so lonely, right? So we're drunk. Yeah. We, it's like the the lust period, that six months, the honeymoon period, whatever you want to call it, we don't see things clearly for as they are. Right. And we don't see that person as who they are. We see them as the projection of what we want our love to be and feel like. And so we, we actually create them in this weird fantasy. And then about six months, like you said, or whatever – they start to be real people. And we're like, wait a second, why did you change? And they didn't actually change. It's more like our drunk is wearing off. But we want to be drunk forever. And that's not, I don't think, how long-lasting love is. That that is so, so right on. So right on. Um, I always say it's we're rooting for that person. We never want them to fail us. We never want it to be like, you're right. You can't be what I need. Even at your absolute best, you are not what I need. 
Nobody wants that. So we want to root for them and we want to go, yeah, but look at how amazing he is with his kids. Yeah, <laughs> but look at what work, you know, tenacity and integrity he has and or she has or whatever. And and then we stop looking at the shit that really, really matters, which is how do I feel with this person? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. It's how do you feel and how do you want to feel and how aligned are those things? You know, this this person can be the most perfect person on paper. They can shovel your snow. I'm in Montana, so this is yeah. a reality for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, they can shovel your snow every morning and bring you tea, and you can still not feel like how you want to feel, and there's nothing wrong with that, and there's nothing wrong with you. It's just not there. That's absolutely true. And and I would say to you guys out there, if you're listening and you're going, oh, my God, this is me, <laughs> you know, one of the really telltale ways to look at am I in one of those relationships is if you've said to a friend, colleague, um, coach, you know, therapist, whatever, if you've said those words, I'm confused, I don't know what to do, and then you have followed suit with a resume of your partner and you've said, but they've got this and they've got this and then you know we've got this these kids and we and you start giving me their resume they're applying for the position of your partner then that's a huge sign I will always stop a client and go you did not tell me one thing about how you feel about that person you told me all the reasons why you should stay you know and none of them are good none of them are that's beautiful I think that's really beautiful and I want to add to that. I have a like um like a 70/30 rule Ooh. that um if you are thinking, feeling, saying, talking um about them and like the uh, I don't know if this is right or I'm really not happy with x y or z or something's off, you know, if any of that language and even you know like with what Amy said um, the list of, but he's this and he's that. And I'm so confused if that is the language 70% of the time. And the 30% is the like, Oh my God, I'm so happy. This is so amazing because honestly we all do that and we hang on to that 30%, but it's a 70, 30 rule. Think of where your thoughts are 70% of the time. Are they with like, this is my soulmate. This is amazing. I feel so fulfilled in this relationship. Or is it more like, eh, I really like this is not feeling right and I'm really scared of that. So pay attention to to what percentage-ish of the time you're spending not being happy with it. Right. Oh, that's great. Um, so I definitely – oh, I love that. I love that so much. So much. This is so <laughs> great. Um, so I definitely want to get into like, okay, so yes, I know that I am that person. What can I do about it? But one thing I do want to really underscore here is what you said at the beginning around staying because of fear. Um, and I heard, I heard a quote years ago and I've always attached to it and it is, you are only good enough for what you settle for. And I loved it because it puts all the power in your hands. It's not you're only good enough if you do X, Y, or Z. It's no, no, no. You get to decide what you're worthy of. And if you decide that it is better for you to go with what you know, which is mediocre or eh, that I would rather go with that than deal with what may or may not be out there, then that's your call. That's your choice. But call a spade a spade, dude. Be like, I fucking settled. Don't say, I'm going to try. This is my soulmate when you know that that is not what is happening. Because I do think that there are people out there that having a soulmate connection is not their number one priority. Well, St- stability is more important or, you know. Agreed. You know, shoveling snow might be more important to somebody than, you know, being like, wanting weak in the knees when they kiss you, you know, I think it really does depend. And this is actually what wild heart is about. It's about deciding what is important to you specific to you and then being cool with it. You know, I know, I know a lot of couples who their main priority is to have some stability, to have a friendship, to feel, you know, like their snow is going to be shoveled and their kids are going to be taken care of in a way that that feels good to them. And they also don't have sex you know? (laughs) And, and that's, that's okay to them because their priority is more the other one. Their value set 
is tipped into the other direction. For somebody you know else, it might be passion and connection and weak in the knees and laughter and whatever it is, is more important to them. So they're going to want to choose somebody that fulfills that. There's no one way that's better than the other. Nobody is wrong for wanting what they want. But I think what Amy said is super important. Call a spade a spade. Decide what it is that fulfills you and go for that one. You know, if the meh relationship is what actually is a top priority for you because it provides all these other things that do fulfill you, rad. Awesome. You found your soulmate. And that I will add this too is, um, however, if you hear that and then you see couples who look at each other you know, after 20, 30, 40 years with longing in their eyes still, and that gives you a pang in your heart, that is your intuition saying, you do care about that. You would want that. So I say, yes, absolutely go with that if what Sally's saying and what I'm saying is is 100% true for you, that you just genuinely don't care about that connection with another person, great. But if you really do and you're motivated by some kind of fear that it's not possible to have it all or it's not possible or it's just too hard to meet that person, then you're being motivated by something other than happiness. You're motivated by fear. And that's that, in my opinion, isn't really a way to operate. You know, it's not a fun, uh, fulfilling way to operate. And that's the other thing that I would challenge you with is the notion of what's possible or not. Because I I feel that it's absolutely possible if we are picky, the same way we are with lentils, (laughs) that we say, I want somebody who is able to provide stability in my life and is able to give me mind-blowing sex and is able to have, um, we can like fart and shit in front of each other and we can take the dogs for a walk and we can see, you know, see amazing sights all over the world. If, If that's what you want... If that's what is your intuitive pull, like I desire that connection, then your job, your responsibility is to declare it, first of all, and then to not settle. Don't tell the universe, this is what I want and be like, "Ah, but I'll take this. Like that's your job. That's your role. So again, I think it's imperative as we've been saying to look at your personal truth. What is the most important thing to you? And really be honest about it. Agreed. Yeah. Totally agreed. I love what you just said. Stop me in my tracks. I'm like, she's so right with the um, don't tell the universe you want something and then be like, oh, actually, I'll settle for this. Yeah. What a slap in the face. Well, and it's also kind of like I look at the universe as like a parent almost who is like ever giving and always listening. So, so like, Mommy, I want a cheeseburger. Here's a cheeseburger. I want pancakes. Why'd you give me a cheeseburger? It's like, because you said you fucking wanted a cheeseburger. (laughs) You know, like the universe, I think, operates on clarity and will give you what you're asking for. And so, like, for example, you know, I've done this before where I asked for specific things from a partner. I wrote it on the list, you know, the ever, you know, elusive list we all do. And I got literally every single thing I put on that list in this one guy. However, I forgot to put, I want to adore him too. I put, he adores me. He does this. He's this. He's that. He's that. Well, I got all of those things. And then I was like, oh, fuck. Like, whoopsie. (laughs) I didn't say anything about how I feel about him. You know, so like, the more specific we are, and also when you get the like everything on the list, but not the feeling that you want to feel, that's when you have to also be like, okay, you're right, universe. That isn't what I actually want. I want the cheeseburger, like I said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me not let me not settle for the pancake. Like I want the cheeseburger. Right, right. And I I really think that there's this really this is my personal theory but I feel like in any number of examples whether you're saying here's the perfect spouse I want here's the friendships I want to attract here's the career path I'd like to draw to myself once we declare it and get really fierce and then we take some kind of action around it whether it's breaking up with somebody who's not working out for us or severing friendships or quitting a job or what have you whenever we start taking action for it around it I feel like we're delivered a test And the test is like a subpar option. 
And it's kind of like, well, will you settle for this? And so it's like at the job, your boss like turns things around and brings you like, okay, well, we can offer you this promotion and it's not really what you want, but it's like, it's like a sidetrack. Or your partner like starts to show some potential, but they're still at their best. They are not what you need. So we get this test and like that's the symbol, that's the time for you to either go, no, I said I wanted this. But we, that's the self-sabotage. That's us settling. And so what's awesome is you've got that choice. And I, this became really clear to me years ago with a job opportunity. And I got all like enamored with this, with this little test. And when I really looked at it, I was like, that is not what I want at all. And I have to be able to say no to that in order to say yes to something else greater. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I love that. And I call that the, um, how bad do you really want it test? Oh, I love it. I've find yeah I find that like this you're absolutely right and I have an example that's not like love related but um I I had had a breakup actually and, and had to reevaluate my entire life and decided that I wanted to start traveling um and living you know I decided to move to Costa Rica and then I decided to get into an RV and travel around the country and part of it was because the place I was living I didn't really like like I didn't have like interests there that were cool for me I didn't really like my group of friends was kind of like meh. Like I wasn't meeting people that were like me and I was like, well, you know, so there, there's nothing to lose here. Like there's nothing to leave behind. Like it doesn't matter if I leave or not. Mm-hmm. Well, the second I made that decision of, okay, put in my notice on my apartment, yep. secure an RV, you know, make all these changes, get a storage unit, sell all of my things. Basically. Um, I started finding things that were like so fulfilling and amazing to me. I started meeting people that were like, oh my God, this person is amazing. Who I literally was like, this could be my soulmate kind of a thing. And it was like, you know, boom, boom, boom. One thing after the other in a period of like two weeks or something where it was really making me question my decision. And I was like, well, you know, all these things are happening. Should I just like give up on the stream of RVing? Should I just not do it? You know, what, what should I do? Should I like tell my landlord, never mind. Like, just kidding. I still want to be here. And that's how I viewed it. I viewed it as a test from the universe to be like, oh, really? Like you say you want to do this really adventurous thing. How bad do you want it? Do you want it bad enough that even when things are going really great in the place you're living and you're meeting people and you met this amazing guy, do you still want this thing that you've told me you wanted? And yeah, and I, you know, the story goes that I broke up with the guy, I got in the RV and my life has never been the same in the most amazing way I never could have imagined. And I think that's what's possible for us on the other side of, of our decisions to, you know, be, have the kind of love we want, have the kind of life we want, have the kind of career we want. You know, when you get those tests, like for you, Amy, with a job and you're like, you know what? No. Not in alignment. Like it's the shiny, mm-hmm. it's the shiny object syndrome. You know, it's mm-hmm. the it's the test from the universe. And when you actually say nope, I was I meant it when I wanted the cheeseburger. I mean it. Mm-hmm. Then they provide the cheeseburger. Yeah. Yes. And you know, and then you always have the freedom to change your mind after that too. You know, we're constantly in, we're constantly in creation. You know, and that's, I think that's so imperative that we own that responsibility that life isn't just something that happens to us. We have the capacity to actually be active creators. And one thing that I would offer to you too, if if you're in that place of kind of what we were talking about earlier, where you're not sure necessarily what your priorities are, you know, and because going back to that whole, I'm confused, I'm confused. No, I think it really is more important for me to have stability. It is more important for me to have the kids have this sort of a lifestyle or, or whatever it is. I would offer to you, look at the the meta view versus the micro view, right? Because it's always so easy for us to look at the immediacy of our situation and go, no, 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 this is the most important. So if you look back, like let's say, let's go to that whole overused scenario of being on your deathbed. Will you say, it's okay that I only loved like this? This was my experience with love in this lifetime and I'm okay with that. Would you really truly be able to say that? That's awfully telling 
Or would you go, damn, I wish I loved richly. I wish I would have known what it was like to have butterflies for 20 years. <laughs> you know, like I, I wish I would have known what it's like to be, to feel like my soul was connected with somebody. If you could look forward and go, yeah, this type of love, this situation I've got going on right now, this won't be enough. This will not be enough for, for me to live richly. Then that means your behavior has to follow suit. Um, yeah, because I think a lot of times we, we're so caught up in the minutia and looking at, well, right now, right now, I don't want to hurt, so I'm going to stay. Or also like right now, I don't see anybody in my life that I feel that way about. Yes. So therefore, there is not going to ever be anybody I feel that way about. So I might as well stick with the guy who will shovel snow. Right. I might as well. Really? What would you tell your kid? What would you tell your best friend? Yeah, better fucking take the safe road. Better settle. Yeah, I bet there's nothing bigger available for you. I bet you're right. I bet that's not possible. Would you really say that? Like, come on. Oh, my God. Getting all worked up. Okay, so. so <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just getting body chills over here. I'm a very, like, physical feeler when something is, like, hits for me. That's awesome. My entire body gets chills. And, and I love that example. Like, I mean, look, guys, I've been in this situation a billion times. It's my <laughs> lesson, too. It's all of our lessons, you know, for all of, all of our um, areas of life, love, business, whatever it is. Is. I love that though. Like, would you tell your kid? Yeah, you know, you should probably settle because there's nothing better out there for you. <laughs> yeah, you should probably totally like be, you know, like go for it. Like, the, do the least, you know, the thing that makes you like eh, happy enough, maybe to like not want to die every day. Right. Go for it. That's better what be you safe. Should, better be safe. So if you can dream big, <laughs> if you can dream big for your best friend, for your kid, for your parents then why the hell can't you dream big for you? If it is possible for your child to be the president, then it sure as fuck is possible for you to find true love. You know what I mean? Like, listen, like the, the stupid things that people think about their kids. I'm sorry, I get like worked up about that. Like, my kid's gonna, you know, cure cancer and my kid's gonna be the president. So, okay, all right. But we have the capacity to dream so big for the people that we really believe in, like, shift it to you. You deserve it just as much, just as much. So, okay. So let's move into, so, so let's decide, let's, excuse me, let's say that people are listening and they're going, all right, I'm hearing it. I'm throwing up this Chinese food. I'm throwing up lentils right now. I know it. I know I need to move on. How the hell do I start? Like, what would you say to people who are like, okay, I need, I need to make some choices. Yeah. How do they do it? Yeah, you know, and this is – I really I really wish I had a different answer for this um, because people don't ever like the one that I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no real, like – there's no real, real way around this. It just takes courage. Yep. It's just courage. And, you know, some tangible things I can offer you because you're kind of like, great, what, what is that and how do I do that and what I say and when do I do it and all this, you know, mm -hmm. I would say get a really great support system in place, like friends, family, tell them what you're going through, tell them what you're about to do, um, be pretty aware of what you might need. So like, you know, uh, I need to talk about this or I need to be left alone or I need to just do it. But the truth is, is that love is not uh, a logical matter. We do not approach it with logic like we do with other things. It's not a head game. It's a heart game. And our heart is not linear. It is not like, this doesn't work. Therefore, I'm going to break up with him today. You right. know, like, it's like, this doesn't work. What should I do? I'm confused. I should change. We should go to counseling. This, maybe it's me. Maybe it's my list. Maybe I should, you know, right. That's what we do instead. So, so I think the best advice I can give is that you get to make a choice in your life. You're the one who can choose what kind of life you want to live. And, you know, if it's not feeling right, make that choice. Yeah. Well, I think one place to kind of give yourself some compassion is that, you know, it, you're right. There's no easy answer. It's going to get more painful before it gets more fulfilling, right? So, innately, we're not going to be like, yes, sign me up for more pain. It actually feels better to stay mediocre, to stay settling than it does to go through 
the actual divorce, breakup, severance, right? So it's the same thing like, again, looking at meta view, micro view. If you're, if you really want to get in shape, let's say you need to lose 50 pounds. Those first two weeks when you decide to change your eating habits, when you decide to change your physicality and you start working out, those are the most painful, right? You don't stop wanting cake. You don't stop wanting to not work out that day, but you do it in service of a greater vision, something that you really want. So it's painful to actually say, no, I'm not going to eat that when you're out at a party. So recognize that your desire will always be that your desire desire will always to be be to feel good in the moment. So that's why people are like they go through the breakup and they're in so much pain and they're like, I just want this to end so bad that they call the person up, that they text them, that they reach out. We just want to do something to make it stop. Same thing in the, you know, the diet scenario. It's like, well, uh, I just want to stop this hunger and this battle. So I'm just going to eat this entire cake. Is that what makes you feel better in the moment? Absolutely. Absolutely. But is it in service of the greater vision, what you really, really want for your life? Because eating that cake that made you feel good over and over again got you to this 50 pounds overweight. So acquiescing and giving into that relationship over and over again, reaching out to the thing that's quasi-fulfilling keeps you in that mediocre state over and over and over again. So I think there's a place to really have compassion for your humanity. That this is not like, oh, great, this is perfect. I'm going to make this empowering choice for myself and now everything's going to be easy. No, no, that's part of the reason why people stay for so long, right? It's the courage piece. Well, I totally agree with you. Um, it is the bigger vision. It's the what might be possible for me if I do this. And one like tangible tool I can give you guys um, for that is create it yourself. So like for me, what that looks like is journaling and writing out intentions. Like I, I, my coach actually gave me this exercise once a while ago that was like, create a fairy tale, like in the fairy tale of your life, if it, you know, went exactly the way you wanted it to, like there once was a beautiful princess named Sally, you know, that's actually how it started. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I got, I got to make it up, you know, I got to make up what was possible for me if, if. I I did this. And if I had the kind of life I want, what would that look like? And what would that feel like? And what would be there, you know? And I mean, in my fantasy, it was like, you know, I was in a forest shooting an apple off an apple tree with my bow and arrow. And so was this amazing, beautiful prince, you know, (laughs) trying to go for the same apple, you know, but it's that spark and you can create that. And the more connected you are to that bigger vision, the meta view, as Amy was talking about, um, the more it becomes clear, like, that's what I want. That's what I want to feel. Right. Right. Wow. Pinterest is awesome too. I totally do Pinterest boards for love where I'm like, I want love that looks like this or feels like this, or, you know, this quote, like, like whatever it is to get yourself inspired on what's actually possible for you, I think is a really great place to start at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I couldn't I couldn't agree more with that there really is no easy answer. And I always say you've got two shitty options, so pick the less shitty. Like so nothing I offer to you is going to be like, "Yay, that sounds awesome. I can't wait to break up." Like <laughs> you either have the shitty situation of staying in this mediocre relationship or you have the shitty situation of going through a breakup and then potentially having Absolutely. The best life ever. Right. So which one? Which one? Like you got to – it's the rip the Band-Aid off. But I will say a couple of things just if you actually do rip the Band-Aid off, you go through it, you decide to, to end this relationship, I always say there's there's a lot of things that are within your power. Like you said, like with the finding your your – support group like what do you need as you go through this there's a lot of things that you actually have the power over so i always say watch your your behavior your environment and your vocabulary so your behavior you can control if you reach out if you text if you stalk their facebook page if you hang out with uh, mutual friends 
that kind of thing, that's your behavior. You can choose if you are doing things that are making your breakup harder. Those are, you know, like if you have a bunch of mutual friends and you're triggered at the very beginning by hanging out with them, maybe it's time to, you know, leave a little distance. Not doesn't necessarily mean all is lost, but what will make this easier for you? Do with those things with your behavior. Environment. Who are you hanging out with? Are you hanging out with other people who are always, you know, being really vindictive or or hateful about their exes or who uh, talk about love in a distasteful way? Um, look at who you are surrounding yourself with. Are there people in your life who build you up like crazy? Attach to them. Hang out with them. Um, environment, same thing. Like, do you cohabitate together? Do you need to find a different place to stay? You know, look at your surroundings and what you are actually in control over. You, we can't always control our sorrow, you know, and how sad we are. But we can control if we choose to bitch about it all the time. So watch your vocabulary. Do you, how do you refer to them? Do you refer to them as the ball and chain or fuck face or, you know, all these acrimonious terms that we refer to our ex? That doesn't help. Um, do you say things like, I'm so damaged? Or, you know, talk about things in a, uh, it's your vocabulary perpetuating your current reality. That's something that you have control over. So th that's just a couple of things to shine the light on because you have control. And we think when we're going through a shitty situation that we are just a victim to it. But we actually do have a lot of power over um, what we surround ourselves with, how we talk to ourselves. Um, our behavior. Don't don't forget that. That's your power. Um, I think that's actually a really, really important part that most people forget is the power of our words and the power of our choice and our own behavior. I think the breakup is actually only one small part of the piece of a breakup, like the actual conversation. What happens afterwards, how you handle your pain or your fear or you know, your desire to be like, well, he really wasn't that bad. Maybe I should just call him up, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think that's actually the more important time of a breakup is sticking to your guns. Mm -hmm. um, um, and I also wanted to piggyback again on, on words because words are really, really powerful. And if you do decide that it is time to end your partnership, I love to look at it. Somebody told me once a really long time ago when I was breaking up with that guy, the three and a half year long guy, um, he brought to my attention the idea of holding hands while letting go. So hmm. what we think of as breakup is that I am going to hurt you and ruin your life and, and damage you, you know? And so what we tend to, to do when we think that we're going to hurt somebody is we actually start hurting them a long time ago. We like, like take our love away. We stop, you know, being there. We feel so conflicted that we, you know, aren't present with them. And the idea is, to how, how do I, how do I love this person through this? How do I appreciate them? How do I become the most honest and transparent part of myself in this situation? And I think what a lot of times what people do when they're breaking up is they want to say the thing that will have the least amount of pain attached to it. Like maybe something like, I've heard this a lot, like, I'm just not looking for a relationship right now, <laughs> which is not the truth. Right. It's not true. Everybody is always looking for a relationship. <laughs> and what happens, this happened to me, you know, a guy said, I'm just not looking for a relationship right now. And of course it broke my heart. And a year later he was married with a baby. Right. Right. So it wasn't true. And that non-truth really hurts. So one way to think about this is what is the most honest, true, loving way I can have this conversation? What is the truth for me? The truth for me maybe is I think you're the most amazing human being. I have loved every minute of being with you and I don't feel the spark I want to feel to continue this, you know, like Nobody can argue with spark. Nobody can argue with this is just how I feel. But somebody can argue with I don't want a relationship or, you know, it's just not a good time for me or, you know, any other lie you might want to tell. I would suggest to be loving and to be really, really honest. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. That's so true. And that's, you know, it's it's the same thing that I'll tell people when they don't want to say no to things they don't really want to do and they, they think that uh, they have to cloak everything in falsehood in order for in order to be kind 
or so that they won't be an asshole. But you can be honest and still be kind and still be graceful. So one of the things that I always use for myself in any trying situation, and then even sometimes in not so trying situations, I'll say, like if I'm forecasting an instance where I'm going to come into contact with somebody and it might be difficult, I think, okay, tomorrow morning when I wake up, how do I want to feel about the woman I was? How, how do I want to feel about my behavior? What will make me proud of me? And most of the time, it's not about what I'm saying. It's about how I'm saying it. Am I, am, am I conducting myself with grace, with kindness? Am I being authentic? Am I being honest and truthful? That's the stuff that will make me proud, not how I am received. That's not my responsibility. It's not. You know, we can't control how we're received. We can control how we show up, though. That's what you're accountable for. So, oh my gosh, what an awesome chat. I was so exhausted and now I feel completely alive. <laughs> so thank you so much, Sally. I so appreciate it. Uh, so any any final thoughts that you want to share with everybody or like if you hear nothing, hear this type of thing. And if, if you do, great. If not, tell them again where they can find you and stalk you and love you forever. Yeah. So, I mean – in closing, like the thing that first came to my mind as you were asking that, Amy, is you get to have the life that you decide you get to have. <laughs> so yeah. if you if you want to have the most sparked, fulfilling, amazing life, you get to have that and your choices just need to be in alignment with that. Um, I guess that's the biggest thing. So it. yeah, as far as where to find me, um, you can find me, you can get me at sallyhope.com or wildheartrevolution.com. They actually both point to the same place right now. Um, I'm all over the place on social media. I love Facebook. It's one of my favorite ways to communicate with people, which is partially why I created the Wild Heart Revolution, which is heavily um, community and Facebook oriented. So go on over to sallyhope.com, check me out, send me an email if anything in here sparked for you and you'd like to chat further about it. And um, just so you guys all know, the Wild Heart Revolution is currently closed for enrollment, but it is opening. Um, it is opening again. I'm not sure when this is going to air, but um, it is always either in flux of being closed or open. So if what we're talking about sparked you guys, this is the kind of stuff that we talk about in the Wild Heart Revolution all the time, which is basically a coaching and lifestyle tribe. Hmm. It's it's top-notch coaching at a no-brainer price, and it is a full full package. It's community, it's coaching, it's fun, it's tarot, it's you know hmm. lifestyle, it's jewelry. I mean, it really is everything. I could go on forever about what it is, but go ahead and over to the website and check it out if it sounds interesting to you. Um, and you know, just just in closing for you guys, like be kind to yourselves. These types of things are. Um, are hard. They feel hard, you know, for people who know that they were meant to, to do something great in this planet. We don't always have the life of least resistance. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some people out there that are perfectly happy with them, whatever relationship and whatever job and the 42 inch screen TV. And that's fine for them. And honestly, I have sometimes like hoped that my next lifetime, I will be one of those people that is happy being a secretary with my high school sweetheart. (laughs) For me, that is just not this lifetime. And it has taken me a really long time to accept that and to love myself through it. So know that you can have what you want and there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. That's great. It's oh, it's so true because sometimes I think when we hear people give advice on certain things like this, it's like, easy for you to say, you know. Um but one thing that I've found really consistently with with the people in our profession is that, dude, we've had some fucked up life circumstance. <laughs> like we've we've gone through it, man. And a lot of times the reason we're so emphatic is because we have come out the other side and we want you to know that that's possible too. Mm-hmm. So so yes, hit up Sally, cruise over to the Facebook page. Um be sure to let her know how you felt about uh, about this conversation. You can also, on uh, the show notes page on uh, my website, you'll, you can leave us notes and, and tell us your thoughts. Uh, if you haven't done so already, swing by thejoyjunkie.com and be sure to grab your life and love digital kit totally free on the house. Uh, lot, lots of conversations and, and all sorts of things that 
are quite in tandem to what we've been talking about today. And we also have a podcast page uh, on the website too. So if you want to let us know what you want to hear about, if you want to be a guest caller on the show, uh, let us know. Let us hear about it. I think that's about, oh, yeah. And any awesome reviews on iTunes would be so, so much appreciated. It helps keep us uh, easily searchable and gets us a broader scope. So if you if you dig what we have going on here, I'd so much appreciate your thoughts. Um, yeah, so thank you, Sally, so much for being with us. And we'll talk to you guys next week. So here is to loving and living your most badass life. Sally and Amy out of here. Mm-hmm.